Welcome to The New Exchange, a podcast series that explores how everyone has a story to tell. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is about how language barriers don't exist when it comes to music. As a kid, I grew up knowing a bunch of Dutch, Spanish, and Russian kids who'd speak their languages amongst each other. To this day, I have a huge fascination with different languages and cultures, especially how language can be used to convey emotions with more depth than you normally find with English. This is what led me to chatting with today's guest, F.A. de Visser, an acclaimed Dutch musician who is known for pushing boundaries with her music. Her fourth and most recent album, Bitterzoot, featured the most dynamic music of her career. The songs of that album are full of moments that feel both colossal and intimate, along with a fierce sense of confidence. On today's episode, we chat about how her life influences her art and how personal growth led her to crafting the album she always dreamed of making. This is also her first ever American interview, and it's such a massive privilege to bring you this chat. In a lot of ways, this episode highlights what this series is ultimately about, which is that we can learn from each other regardless of our differences. Be sure to check out her music after the podcast. I'm more than sure you're going to love it. This is The New Exchange with F.A. DeVieser. Enjoy. So, hey, thanks for taking the time for chatting with me today. I'm really glad I got to finally talk to you. Yeah, I'm really happy you asked me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. My understanding of the Dutch language has reduced over the years. I grew up around a lot of uh, Dutch kids, and I used to go to Holland a bit as a kid. And um, I bring that up because even with my lack of understanding of Dutch, I feel like I've had a big connection from your music, and that it kind of just shows that even if you don't understand the language, that music doesn't really have a barrier at all, which is really special. Thank you. It's a big uh, compliment, and. I also listen to some music of, that I don't understand the language of, and I don't mind. <laughs> Usually it's, it's uh, because I love the music and the emotion in the voice or something like that. I think I try to make my, um, use my voice more as an instrument. So. Yeah, and you do a beautiful job at that. And I have to say, when I hear your music, it feels as though that music has always been at the center of your life. Does that ring true for you when you look back on your childhood? Such a nice question. Um, I, I was brought up in a very musical family. Can I say that? Yeah, a musical family. So my mother and my father knew each other from a band and my mother was a singer, but she also wrote some songs. <laughs> and my father was a bass player and um, guitarist and singer also. And my uncle is also a very, very good songwriter. And, well, I was curious as a kid in learning music, but I never went to, like, music school. But I learned everything from my family, actually. I think a lot of people would argue that the way you grew up is almost a better kind of music school than, the, like, the traditional classroom type of thing. I might agree, I think. Um Although, of course, there's no, not a rule for that. Uh, there are amazing teachers in schools as well. But it was very uh, free. And although that's not really true, because my uncle, he taught me guitar. He actually was very, very strict. And I had a, a few times, I, I think I even cried because he was so strict. But he learned me classical, uh, like Bach. And my, my fingers and my 
it had to be super correct. The way that I held the guitar had to be super correct. Uh, he was very strict in that. And um, I think it really helped me to have a healthy way of playing. So I don't mind. And besides that, it was very free. And I wanted to make my own songs and everybody just let me and kind of liked it. So that was nice about it. That's really something else. I don't think I've ever heard about a strict guitar player. I think that's kind of an interesting thing to point out. Yeah, and also I think actually he was very, um, maybe a little bit like pushy or something, but it helped me to be a little bit more disciplined. And I think, of course, you have to have a lot of discipline to be in this profession because it's hard work, actually. I remember when I was 20 that a professor of mine, a college professor, he said something that I feel I've taken with me in my adult life. He said something along the lines of, you know you're a professional at something when you can do it, even when you don't feel like doing it. Like when you can very much embody the sense of duty behind your profession, regardless of how you feel. I agree, actually, with that. It's, um, of course, inspiration, it comes and goes. But there's always a point where it doesn't come. Like I have a lot of ideas for music that come naturally, but to finish the songs, to finish the lyrics, to finish the production. It's not something that I really love doing, but I have to do it. So I really take time for that. I plan it and then I really work on it. So it's partly intuition, inspiration that comes naturally, but then there comes a part of finishing it. And that's actually hard work and a lot of, yeah, like you said, you have to be a little bit professional and disciplined and you have to push yourself in that. And that's, that is not always something that feels good or something or that you feel like it. Not at all. I feel like yeah. this is a good place to go into your latest album, uh, Bittersweet. Well, Bitter Zoet is the Dutch word, right? Did I say that right? Bitter Zoet? Yeah. Oh, my, almost. It's Bitterzoet. Uh, Bitterzoet. Bitterzoet. Yeah. Yeah. And the English translation is bittersweet. And I feel like this album is such a beautiful achievement because there are songs that stand out. But I feel like what's wild is that, especially in a time that we're living in, it's an album that demands that you listen to it in full each time. Like, it's very much an album that welcomes you into the world. And I wonder, do you feel like that was your intention when you were crafting this album? Well, wow, so nice of you to say that. That welcomes you into the world. (laughs) That's really nice. Uh, I don't know, but I do think that music for me is a way of expressing uh, like difficult emotions in a way, Uh, emotions that we, emotions and thoughts that we usually kind of hide, but we need comfort for that kind of feelings, I think, as, you know, humans. For me, music has that function I think making it but also listening to music and I want it to be super warm and easy go uh, not easy listening is not the word but I want it to feel good and also not feel good in a positive way because it's very melancholic and and very sad often actually but I want it to be comfort I think to to comfort someone and to for it to be warm and to be a little bit understand to have some feeling of, yeah, understanding or, yeah, warmth. <laughs> so I think my music is pretty harmonious. You know, there are also styles in music, of course, that have more friction in it. 
but I think my mu music evolves very much around harmony in, so in singing, but also in the kind of chords that I choose. And this harmonious feeling, I think, is also like a ba band-aid on the pain that life is full of friction, of course, and full of pain, actually. And, well, harmony and warmth, it's kind of has something to do with each other. And that's what I look for when I'm making music, I think. That's very beautifully put. And I'm going to ask you about some of the songs. But before I do, I wanted to mention that what I got from listening to the album is that it felt like you arrived at a point in your career where you knew yourself, that you arrived at a place where you understood how you approach music. And the music in this album feels very realized. And I wonder when you listened back to it for the first time when it was all finished, did you feel that way? Like, did you feel like you were listening to a version of yourself that felt very true to who you were? Well, it is true that you could say that this is an album I've been trying to make for a long time. It's more coherent, it's more uh, daring, or it's more... Daring is maybe not the word, I don't know the translation, but I experimented a little bit more, I think. I tried new things, and it was, for me, yeah, like I said, an album that I've been wanting to make for a long time. But I was very insecure also about it. It took me a long time to make this album, the songs, but also the production. So there was four years in between the former album and this new album. And I took a lot of time, but I didn't know at the end, I didn't know it anymore. If it was good or if it was bad or I had no idea. But I have to say with every album I made, it's like this. You feel good about it, you feel bad about it, you feel good about it, you feel bad about it. But there's always... One moment I can remember from all the albums that I was listening to it, like in the car, of course, you listen to your own music a lot because yeah, you have to evaluate all the time. And then I thought, yeah, it's good. I love it. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that with every album. So that moment of, of loving it and being very satisfied has been there. But then when it was finished, it was ups and downs, very insecure. And I had to wait half a year before it came out and that half a year, I, I really didn't know anymore if it was a good album or not. I mentioned this a lot in this series, but something that I feel is so wild to me about just like how uh, you as musicians are forced to live is that you'll create an album. And then just by virtue of how life is, you, you have to go and live life and grow. But then you have to promote a body of work that, you know, might have spoke about a very different time in your life. And it's almost like a weird kind of contrast of how you're forced to exist. We're, yeah, it, it is a, a really weird profession. That's true, because like what you said, it's really weird that you are actually promoting your own feelings and thoughts all the time. And uh, yeah. and because force changes all the time, sometimes you have to be really passionate and true and uh, sincere about a song you might not feel anymore because it's old or because, you know, you've had new you are writing already new songs that you love more. I love it. I wouldn't want to do anything else, but it definitely is something that you have to get used to because it's a weird profession. <laughs> and also you, you talk about yourself all the time and everyone around me is, that, that's very strange. And also sometimes you feel a little bit like it's a bit surreal almost. Often I have had, for example, that when I talk to friends, I don't, really want to talk about what I do because it, yeah, it's like I'm bragging all the time, you know, and I was just performing for 
2,000 people or last time I had this interview on the television or whatever. And it feels like you are bragging all the time. It's not really normal to talk about that. And and most of my friends really don't have a life like that. So not like they said, yeah, I've had that too or something. No, it's it's very different from what everyone else does. And it's also trying to combine a lot of things. So it's music, but it's also the organization of all of it. It's also, of course, videos, uh, making videos. It's like working all the time because there's no weekend or no holidays. It's You are really obsessed with your work and it's there all the time. But I think after 10 years, I've been doing it for, this for 10 years now, I'm finding a little bit more of my my way to do it and it gets better (laughs) but i can imagine that a lot of people i cannot imagine for example if you are lady gaga or dua lipa or someone something (laughs) like that what kind of life that must be i already think it is pretty tough that i'm touring holland and belgium (laughs) (laughs) you're touring all the world so you really have to put a lot of your private life it just way you know you i think you have to be really obsessed with your work and then you can do it but otherwise no it yeah. gets in the way of your friendships. It gets in the way of your private life. I can massively agree with you because um, my main profession is as a photographer and I became very fortunate to the point where I got to travel and be hired to go to other countries and um, shoot at arenas and big festivals. And it's the type of thing where I, I've had this experience many times where I'll shoot at an arena, super packed, like 50, 60,000 people. And then go to dinner with my friends and kind of almost feel like I don't want to talk about what I just did because it's so different than most people. And it's like, but it's like you said, it's I feel like anyone that that we creatives respect and we want to emulate, we look at them and they're people who have made it their lives. So when we go about our creativity, we think like that dedication is exactly what we need to have to make it work. Yeah, it's really full dedication, actually. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but I think what's lovely is that, I mean, when you think about it, because you mentioned, you know, doing this for like 10 years or so, like, this is your fourth album. And I'm really curious to know, like, the ways your experience in making this album differed from your past experiences. Because one of the words I would use to describe this album, because you were looking for like a word, a good word to describe, I I would say it's also very dynamic. Like the sounds in this album, there's a lot of dynamism going on. And there's a lot of different moods and feelings. And it's like you say, this is an album you've wanted to make for a very long time. Yeah, um, well, I'm looking for a word, and in Holland you would say it is daring. Yeah. <laughs> but you cannot say it, I think. I, I would say daring is fair. As someone who has lived with the album and enjoys your music, I would say daring is very fair to use. For, for me, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's more daring, I think, than my... Uh, it might be true. I, I think, you know, I... I the first three albums, I was very young, <laughs> and I, I was, I'm not someone who wants to work with a producer that takes over the project, so I am always very involved in production. But of course, when I started, it was all new to me. Yeah, I made, I grew in, in that process. I've worked with, um, well, the second album I kind of produced myself and, uh, together with a friend producer. It's always a friend that I work with. The first three albums were mixed by Marcel Tegelaar, Dutch name. His alias is Skidgy Raps. He mixed the first three albums and uh, we are super best friends. And But this fourth album is mixed by someone else, uh, namely 
Pieter-Jan Koppenjans, uh, my, my husband, and we worked together on this album. And I think he had a very big influence on the sound because he's super... The other mixer, Skiji Raps, is also a very good mixer. But I think uh, my new album is more like with analog synthesizers, more hardware, less software. It's more like compressors, old microphones, sometimes new microphones. But I think it's more uh, very different from my first three albums. And also I got to use the instrumentarium that was in that studio because my husband has a studio and we worked there together with the instruments that were in that studio and it was a lot more than what i used to have so lots of old synthesizers three pianos that i could choose from fender Rhodes, a lot of uh analog effects that we could use and i think we took our time and we we uh, worked on it very very long but i do think that it made a difference that uh we had all these old instruments mixed with uh, like more soft synths and more modern uh, sounds and that I didn't want the guitar anymore in my in my uh, album because most of my other songs were all based on the guitar but I left it out this time because I was tired of the guitar and I wanted <laughs> something more synths more pianos uh, more keys actually so I really wanted to be be more electronic and electronic is very you know, could be anything, but I was, for, for example, in, inspired by air, which is, of course, also a mix of electronics and acoustic instruments. It's very warm electronic, and that's what I really wanted this time. I mean, if you think about a group like air, and I think it makes sense that they would influence you, is that when you listen to their music, as electronic as it is, that warmth you're describing, it allows them to feel very human. Exactly, and there are also a lot of acoustic instruments in it. Most people in Holland, mainly, and Belgium, they describe my fourth album as the electronic album. But for me, it doesn't matter if it's acoustic or electronic. You know, if there is that human feel in it, if there's that soul in it, in a way, if there's that that warmth in it, that's what I'm looking for. Not if it's electronic or acoustic. You know, it's always been a combination for me. But there has to be some human feel. No, that makes so much sense. And also, it's interesting when you were describing mixing, like, I'm sure that some people listening understand mixing, but I'll just describe it a bit in case anyone's confused. But the interesting thing about mixing and the recording process is that it usually comes at, well, it is the last step of a song. And what's very significant about mixing is that depending on how it goes, for like artists and listeners, it can very much dictate how you feel about a song. Like, the mix can make you either love or kind of feel like mad about a song and it's like it's so important to get it correct everything yeah no it's not everything but it's a lot <laughs> yeah it's like a big chunk of it and i just think it's really interesting that you got to have such a the mixing process in this context was a lot more intimate for you because i feel like there is less chance for the songs to like there's more of a chance for the songs to sound exactly the way you wanted them to because you had that dialogue and input in the mix which i think is very important yeah, that's true. I, I've always worked very closely with the producer, whoever it was, uh, because I don't know if there would be a producer taking over the project, telling me what to do or whatever. I think it might become more of a compromise. And there are lots of ways producers work. Sometimes they take the project in their hands and it will be their production. But of course, there are also so many producers, most of them probably, 
who do this very much in dialogue with the artist involved. But for me, I don't know, it's also something that interests me a lot. And I love programming. I love arranging. I love, I love producing myself as well. But I think I'm not a mixer. And that's, you're, you are right. If, if you have a very good mixer that can really lift an album up. I think my husband, Peter Jan, did a super good job at that. He's uh, always looking for that 3D sounds, he says. Yeah. It has to be 3D. and that dynamic but also for all the instruments to have their place in the mix not not too close to each other but like something is close by something is far away something is very you know a lot of high in the sound a lot of low in the sound so he makes contrasts in the sounds and i think that makes it like a little bit 3d and he really has a very good ear for that and a big talent i think and, you know, that's a lovely way to go into um, the first song I want to ask you about the album, because my favorite song is Oh, and I feel like it goes exactly what you're talking about. Like, it very much has that three-dimensional vibe to it. And I feel like every time I hear it, it feels like I'm hearing the song for the first time. Like, it's almost like <laughs> meeting up with an old friend. Like, that's a nice kind of vibe the song has. It's so funny because it's the, uh, one of the things that I also tried with this album is to make less complicated songs because my songwriting can be very I, I don't think it, if you are not a musician I don't know if you can hear that but I really compose a little bit complex I'm I do a lot of minor major I don't know if this you can say this in English like I switch between minor and major Oh yeah, yeah, we have that here as well. Yeah, minor, major okay. uh, chords and like progressions and like um, time signatures okay. and things like that. Yeah, time signature switches, and I really am someone who wants to compose something interesting. I'm, for example, a big fan of Joanna Newsom, mm. uh, who is super, super complex in her in her songwriting. Uh, I love that. But now, I, for this album, I realized. I want something more focused and simple in a good way. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> in a good way, I want it to be, I didn't want to repeat myself by using very, uh, a lot of chords all the time and changing uh, progressions all the time. No, I thought, you know, Fleetwood Mac with, uh, what is it? Uh, Thunder only happens when it's raining. You know the song? Yeah, of course. Very famous. I don't know the title anymore. But it's a three chord song and I love that. And I thought, why can't I write a good three chord song? Why does it always have to be <laughs> 26 chords for, you know, because that's what I do. And then for O, that song, I told myself, okay, one chord progression and that's it. And that was really new to me. But then that song came out and it has a sort of, I think, the simplicity that is that is really nice and freeing actually for me also to play it it's very flowing and it's not so yeah it's more also very intuitive and it's that i haven't thought about it so much it's like five chords every time i repeated it and i sang over it and it very it came very much from my gut <laughs> and and I think, and it, it's also been the biggest hit from the album here on the radio in Holland. Wow. Uh, so it worked. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds of that, right? That like the song that 
is arguably like you know the simplest in terms of like what your approach ends up being one that connects with people like i think it just shows that like there is like um a skill in simplicity it is true it's true but you know i love simplicity and complexity also i love both of them but it should be enough from your intuition i think whether you make it simple or you make it complex it has to come from your your gut it might be so that sometimes i i overthought uh, things a little bit of course it was always from my heart but maybe this album is a little bit more intuition and a little bit less thinking that but I'm I'm also proud of my uh, other uh, albums. It's not that I don't like them. I, I think I'm also more of an intuitive person now that I'm older. <laughs> you know, 30 plus, it's very good. <laughs> you become, I think you become more yourself if everything goes right. It's not for everyone maybe, but I, I became more myself and more into my, you know, intuition, I think. I think that rings very true. And I mean, a big thing I want to ask you about is the title track, because to me, that's such a big standout of the album. And I think it's wild how your vocal feels hypnotic and blends so well with the guitar in the track, which I feel expands that feeling of hypnosis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the only one where there are guitars. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'd love to hear about how this one came together, because I feel like this one very much revealed to you what the album could be in a way. Yeah, it was... Also a song that I tried to, what can I say about it? <laughs> it was also a song in which I tried to be not too complex, although there is a very strange switch in um, minor, major progression with the chords. I think somewhere I found a beat online, a simple beat, and I played my, oh, I had two different ideas. That was, I had an idea for, um, I had two ideas that were kind of alike, but still I couldn't, I was thinking which one is better, which one should I choose? They are alike each other, but which one do I like better? And then I thought maybe I should put them together. And I did that. (laughs) And it was a a difficult uh, combination to make for me, the two parts. But I think it, it, it made the song special. And yeah, for the rest, I don't know it. To be honest, it's not one of my one of my own favorites. I it's hard to play guitar for me because you know I played it with one. It's almost impossible to play live, <laughs> so I have this struggle with this song when I play it live. It's very much like do 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 do, but it's there's no pause in it. It's well, there's one pause in it, but it's very heavy for my hand. In the studio, of course, we, we could do it like a thousand times and then I couldn't do it. And then we asked a friend to do it because, you know, I made the I made the idea, but I couldn't. It was too hard for me to play it. So we asked a friend who yeah. was a better guitar player than I am to play it. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, what, what can I say about it? I freewheeled a lot, I think, with vocals. I did a lot of ad-libs with did my you? like... <laughs> And um, that was new to me as well. And I really let myself go and did a lot of ad libs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it came out beautifully. And I'll just add that, you know, from like a musical playing perspective, I imagine part of what makes it very difficult to play live is that when people, if people listening aren't familiar with the song, they go listen to it now uh, while after this talk is over. 
it sounds so perfect and every chord is the same. But if you perform some of that live, just by virtue of being a human, you can't keep something that's like perfect. It's a, it's almost uh-huh. impossible. I try it, but it's it's very hard. <laughs> like we were talking about O, and that song is for me so chill to play, and it's very I I can really get into the feeling. But with this song, it's a little bit harder. But I do think you know I'm happy I I wrote it, and it and it really was also something that I never wrote before. I think it's very different from all my other albums. And I was also a bit inspired by the internet. Do you know the internet? Of course, the group, the internet, right? Yes, I'm very much a fan. Oh, Steve Lacey and Sid the Kid, they're incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are, really. And uh, that was, I don't know if you, if you would hear that, but uh, for a few songs, they... That was was an inspiration, and I watched a lot of their video clips with my songs. I do that because when when I'm making a song, and sometimes I don't know anymore if it's good or not, and then I take a video clip of someone else, for example, from the internet. I put the sound of that song off, and I put my song under it to see what it you know what it does oh. the, the video and the music together, and it often gives me new inspiration. And the internet was one of my yeah. The bands that I, I think kind of looked up to at that at that time and took some inspiration from. That's really lovely to hear because, you know, when I knew I was going to talk to you, one of the first things that kind of leapt up out of my brain was that, you know, one of the joys about getting into your music is being immersed within the imagery. Like all the music videos for this project are so strong, especially for Bitter and Dub Parade. I wonder, like, what, like, speaking more on that, like, what role do you feel that visuals play when it comes to crafting music? Because I imagine it goes even further to what you were just describing. Well, it, I have to say, it, I've always looked up to artists like Kate Bush or like, you know, in a way, Björk, uh, who are also visual artists, I think, almost as much. The first three albums I made, I did there was no record label. I did everything myself and I was very young and I didn't, of course, have the money, not the resources, not the team around me to make amazing videos. But I wanted that. (laughs) And I think right now I'm at a big uh, record label and I have more experience. I have a better management and it gave me the chance to finally dive more into the visual part of what I do. And that's really really big uh, dream coming true for me to finally be able to make these kind of videos with the choreography. I used to dance a lot when I was very young and I've always loved doing choreographies. I'm never, you know, ashamed to dance or whatever. I really love that. And I'm so happy that now I am combining that with my live shows and I'm combining that with my music and I became more of a performer that's really something that I I wanted for a long time but now finally I did it and it's very important and I also believe that with good visuals that also have a well not a literal meaning but I mean that also have a soul or something you can really reach people that would usually maybe don't know how to how to interpret your music or whatever for example I think you know, Massive Attack with Teardrop. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that video with, with the, the baby, baby in the pool? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, of course. It's legendary. Legendary. And also, I, I think, 
difficult music or music that needs a little bit of time to get to know, I think you can reach a big audience with that if you have really good visuals. I believe in that, but also I have an urge to make visual work because I use, I'm also very interested in like film and photography and it's also a genuine interest of mine. So it's not that I'm doing it for more success or whatever. That's really not the, the point. I really want to work with good directors, good photographers, good people, talented people, and to make into a whole universe and not only music. I think that speaks a lot to what I was saying like earlier on in the talk about like how the big joy about Experience's album is it welcomes you into a world. And I feel like a beautiful example to everything you were just describing is that this lovely video that you have for the parade, because the confidence within that video particularly is like, it's mind boggling. And, you know, this is actually a very interesting thing to say for people listening who want to check that particular video out. There are like English subtitles within it. So you don't even need to actually know the words. You can just kind of read it as you watch. But I wonder, what was it like for you to watch that video back and see such a confident version of yourself? Because it very much felt like, you know, you were embodying that and it felt very like real, like very visceral. Thanks. Uh, well, you know, this was a video that I wanted to make for a long time. I've had this idea oh, two for two years. But, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to find directors who want to uh, make a video that isn't their own idea. And yeah. I am not a director, but I had this idea with the dance, the, the type of dance, the thing with the, how do you say that? The fan? Is it a fan? Oh, yeah, the fan, uh, yep. I've had this idea for a long time and I really asked this direct these directors, do you want to make this video with me? I have an idea and I really know what I want and I want it to be in one location and I kind of knew what kind of aesthetics I wanted and I asked them because they are great art directors really. And uh, it's a brother and a sister who made it together. And uh, well, so it, I think I felt confident because I really said, I really want to make this. I'm sorry, if you don't want to make this, I will ask someone else. But I really want to make, I've been wanting to make this for a long time. I know what I want. And, and I was, I think, kind of, it felt good to finally make that video. And also, yeah, I am more, more confident, I think, now. And I also, there's something with, you know, the Dutch mentality is very much like don't be arrogant you have to stay normal you you, don't, you shouldn't have a big ego all very good things of course but for me as an artist sometimes I also felt a little bit like oh I'm sorry I don't want to be too much of an ego or to be too much of a performer I felt like I had to be very modest all the time but actually that changed a lot the last few years and I really realized like you know I'm this is what I do I'm good at this and I want to be the, I give the best that I can and I shouldn't limit myself so much trying to stay normal and be the you know normal Dutch girl and <laughs> I really you know this girl next door kind of thing that's really what would people love in Holland uh, but I was more ambitious than that and I looked a lot at abroad actually uh, to at american english french artists who dared more and who were more, more ambitious and who really 
set the bar very high. Can you say that? Yeah, completely. Like, yeah, then I thought that's my ambition. I want that. I'm gonna be very unapologetic this time about it. And um I think you can see that. <laughs> you really can. And I think what's beautiful about what you just said is that there's something about seeing another person evoking confidence and embodying it that almost allows other people permission to do the same. So nice of you to say that. I think, you know, I have a friend and uh, maybe you know her, Sylvie Kroosh. Oh, I do. Yeah, she's incredible. I know. And she's a friend, a new friend of mine. I met her, I think, two years ago. And the thing with her is I think she had that effect on me. She is so confident and such a good, a great performer. And she's so sensual and unapologetic. And I'm pretty sure that she inspired me a lot to also be more like that, you know? I also, the thing is, I moved from Holland to Belgium. Belgium is also different than Holland. I think artists in Belgium are a little bit more out there, have uh, more confidence and experiment more a little bit. It was an inspiration also to meet new musicians here, to look at the music scene in Belgium, to see how they are doing things here. I grew a lot because of that, I think. And, um, well, it's funny because a lot of people also don't like it, that kind of confidence. You know, in Holland, a lot of people are like, why is she wearing so little clothes? Oh, how do you say that? Why is she so naked? And uh, <laughs> they don't like the sensual thing. And it's funny because, you know, you can do anything. In their eyes, you can do anything. But when there's not a lot of clothes, that's not allowed, you know? You are not allowed to be a sensual person. And that's, I think it's very small-minded, actually. I mean, uh, I want other people to be confident as well and to feel good about themselves. And uh, I think we are just uh, seven pretty normal, healthy girls dancing and, and not being overly sexual, but just confident and uh, unapologetic. Yeah. <laughs> And I think the times are changing because it's like, you know, I think what's what's very interesting with what you just described, because I'm familiar with Dutch culture, with having gone a lot as a kid, and I go uh, as an adult when I can. I was only just there back in, um, what's it called, the beginning of 2020, like right, right before the pandemic, actually seeing the Balthazar guys uh, when they're at the Paradiso, which was amazing. I was there as well. How are you? I was, yeah, because afterwards I went with them on tour. I was their support show. I was watching that show wishing you were supporting. I liked the band that supported them that night. I think they were called Jaguar Jaguar. But yeah. Yeah, I was like, man, I wish she was on stage. That would have been cool. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, afterwards, they did a European tour and I and I was their support. But I was there in, uh, in Amsterdam as well that night. What a so small funny. world. <laughs> I know, but Holland and Belgium are very, very small. Yeah, that's true. And, it, and the music scene is very, very small. And uh, But it was a good show eh, in Paradiso. Oh, it really was. I felt like they really arrived. Like they really arrived to a place where they solidified what they are. And mm -hmm. what I was going to say about like that Dutch mentality, I think things are going to be changing because I think a lot of people, especially younger people, recognize that when you critique somebody else, if you do it in a way where it's asking, why is that person doing that? You're really asking yourself internally why you're not doing it. So I feel like that's kind of the way the criticism has been levied against you. It's like, 
it's just it speaks to people's internal insecurities and has nothing to do with you oh you are so right <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you i agree i agree and uh, also by the way i want to make a small nuance because uh, dutch people are also known for their you know open-mindedness like yes. drugs and uh, you know uh, gays and everything uh, we are in a way but there's still of course every culture has uh, contradictions in it of course there is also still this be normal be normal <laughs> kind of <laughs> going on in holland but in amsterdam it, i have to say it's very yeah it's kind of free and uh, and open-minded yeah. yeah it's very forward thinking like what we're talking yeah. about it's one of my favorite things about traveling that i feel has been a big privilege in my life where it's allowed me to go to other places and realize that there's beauty everywhere but there's no perfect place unfortunately and also fortunately it's good to exist on a planet where perfection mm -hmm. doesn't exist you are so right and also when we look sometimes at other countries and for example countries that are more poor like greece or something <laughs> You know, uh, they are a little bit more uh, poor, of course, but when you go there, you know, the, the warmth of the people and the, the, the they are so uh, empathic uh, and social people. And of course, they're, yeah, it, it's not that this, like when there is a country who has more financial struggles, that there is no value in that country. But I think a lot of people look at it that way, you know, like bad countries, good countries. It's really weird. Hopefully that changes. I, I think that will change. And I have a couple more questions for you. I just want to jump back uh, talking about the music because you mentioned this in regards to your live show. And it's something that I found to be very striking and dynamic is how your backing singers, who you, I'm pretty sure you see in the, the parade video, they play such a crucial role to your live show. And not only do they add so much dimension with their vocals, but their dancing really elevates the performance. Like, what has it been like for you to now have a signature live show? Because it having that very much makes the show stand out from other people's, you know, live performances. Yeah, well, I, I want, I always wanted that, but like I said before, I didn't yet have the headroom and the organization skills actually. And like for this fourth album, I took more time, also because I knew I want something with that live show that is. Um, like more signature, maybe you're right, or more iconic. I suddenly had this idea with the two singers that would also dance. And in the beginning, I was a little bit worried that I would that it would be a bad idea or that it would be very, yeah, not nice or uh, amateur-like or that we, we wouldn't dance good enough because, you know, we are all singers. We are not dancers. So I was a bit, bit afraid that it would be wouldn't work out, but I'm so happy that, that, that I did it. You know, it's also a little bit of a, a dream coming true and an ambition of mine. I, I really dove into what I wanted to do visually, uh, like with, with the videos, but also with my clothes, for example. I used to work with a friend that designed my clothes and she was really good, but I felt like I couldn't really express myself because it was al always her design. And I thought, well, you know, I want to do the styling more myself. Yeah. And I think it is because I do those things more myself that it's, there's more unity. There's more 
co it's more coherent. That is what I wanted. I wanted to be, you know, coherent and simple in a way. I wanted something simple, uh, like, you know, not too flashy, always a bit, uh, how do you say that? Effortless or something like that, you know, not, not too much. So simple, but iconic. That's what I was looking for. And, well, I'm happy because, you know, I have a new band. I have these two girls behind me. That feels very nice to be performing with three of us. It feels very strong and empowering. <laughs> and, um, but also, for example, my light guy, my light engineer, he's very good. And we have great com communication. We listen to each other. I love his style, so he can do, I can let him go. I, it's not like I have to be super controlling of what he does. No, when he does it, it's always good. But it's nice that I can also have some of my own ideas. I can tell it to him and he will listen to it and he will actually do that. And that's something new for me because a lot of light engineers are, yeah, they, they don't really want to, they want to do their own thing, you know? But this is a guy that listens I listen to him, he listens to me, and I think together we, we, made, we made something also very coherent, and I'm happy with him. And I think, you know, I have the dancers, I have the good light show, then Peter Jan, my husband, is doing the sound, and he does an amazing job at that, I think. Together, yeah, I, I'm very satisfied with what, what we are doing now, and, I, and it paid off also, you know? I've had my fourth album out now, but this, it the most successful album for me in Holland. People have known, known, me for, known me for 10 years already, but now I have my most successful record and it's nice to have that growth even when I'm already 30 plus. <laughs> <laughs> A great representation of what you're describing can also be found in this really cool uh, concert film that you released last year that people can watch via Vimeo. Um, I bought it and I have to say, you really do have one hell of a talented band. Like seeing how you play over the course of that concert, it is very empowering. Like it's a true joy to watch. Thanks. Yeah, I will, I will tell it to them. And it's true. They are, they are really good and young and very, yeah, nice folks. Nice to work with them. And uh, yeah, you know, the, the movie uh, you were talking about, the film, the concert film is recorded in the studio. And that was also our house so you can actually see our our house it's not this house because we moved now to another place but that was the place that we we lived it's a big loft where we slept and where we have our kitchen and where we have our studio as well and uh, it was very chaotic times to live in a studio because the bands were also recording in the living room so it was really one big space in which in which everything happened but i'm happy that we yeah, you know, that we made a movie there. So it's not on a stage. It's actually in our house. But it does have a little bit of a light show and it has the choreography in it. And, well, I hope people will like it. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Before I let you go, tell me, like, what do you feel has been surprising you the most about the new songs you've been writing lately? Because over the course of the pandemic, I imagine just by virtue of, you know, being an artist, you've definitely been writing. And, I mean... God, what a strange time to even be writing songs, right? Like this just strange, weird pandemic world we're living in. Yeah, you are so right. But um, I've been writing a lot and it's very different. Sometimes, some things are more made out of uh, production, you know, more into a little bit more dance influences, actually. And because I was 
really uh, looking back in history, looking at uh, old festival shows from, uh, or for example, Underworld or, you know, God is a DJ. Yeah, you know, really very immense, big live shows with lots of people together, all dancing and being very free. And I, I, I was longing for that, actually, because, you know, we couldn't go to festivals anymore. And I looked on YouTube a lot uh, at, at those concerts. And that kind of inspired me to make something a little bit more with that trance feel that, that people can really get into this trance-like state. That is something that I picked up from the from the lockdown, actually. And then also a lot of more guitar songs again. I I had uh, I really love my guitar now, and uh, I I love it again because there was a time that I didn't like playing it so much, but I'm I have a new love for guitar, and it's different, I think, than my other albums. That's lovely to hear. I, I talked to um, an Irish musician named Alvi Reddy um, a couple weeks ago. She's going to be on this season as well. And she brought up that going through the pandemic and the lockdown, like have just having a guitar to pick up has made the days go better, even if nothing comes from it. It's true. Uh, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of time and I've, I have a lot of unfinished songs, way too much. It's annoying. <laughs> and I really have to scale it down and, and try to pick out the best things. But yeah. And then also, you know, I think also for me, the idea of longing interests me a lot because we cannot do anything right now. We are kind of stuck and we are longing for freedom and, and you know, to be healthy and to for us, for all of us to be together again. But I, I like this idea of longing for something. Uh, that is also an, a subject that, uh, that came into my mind. And I think it will be in the songs also. Wow. Well, I definitely can't wait to hear it. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. This has been such a joy. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, I really liked it too. And I wish you good luck. And I hope you can tour again with your photography. Thank you so much for checking this out. Be sure to subscribe to The New Exchange via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you stream podcasts. Until next time, thank you for listening.